Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy Monday, everybody! You know, <laughs> let's just jump right into the good stuff. This is glorious outside. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's Blue beautiful. skies, sunshine, warm temperatures. We needed it. We earned it. We wanted it. We got it. Yeah, it's like living an Ariana Grande song. No, I'll yeah, it. Need it, I got it. it. Good call. Yeah, it certainly is. And you, y'all do deserve it. And it's uh, going to be nice for the foreseeable future for the most part. Very spring-like conditions. And I'm okay with that. Like, part of me is really impatient because the nice weather is lovely. But, like, I'm also really excited for summer. But I will enjoy it as it is. Getting the winter tires switched out tomorrow. I'm in spring. I'm here for it. We have a lot to get to in this edition of After 9. So... <laughs> Do you, do you want to start COVID? Let, let's start COVID because okay. I love what happened on the weekend. Fine. He did it. Doug listened. Mm-hmm. He listened not to the doctors, some doctors. He did it. He increased quietly on a Saturday morning, increased the capacity for restaurants. Common sense has prevailed in Ontario partially. Why, why, why did the announcement... First of all, I felt like there wasn't an announcement because all of a sudden they just got a message from my girlfriend on Saturday going, I'm really confused here. What's going on? And I'm like, what do you Mm -hmm. mean? And she goes, I didn't remember them announcing an increase for uh, dining establishments. And I said, what are you talking about? This one, I had no idea. I didn't see it. So she sends me a screenshot of a couple of local restaurants here. Um, This one says, join us, guys. We're officially open for a capacity of 50 people for indoor dining. And I thought, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what's happened. I had to look it up, and then eventually I found it. I feel like it was such a hidden announcement. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that was done on purpose or or not, but it just all of a sudden was was there. It was just happening. And, and yeah. like, to the moment, it wasn't like an announcement about what's to come next week. It's an announcement about right now in this moment, we, restaurants can do this. I didn't know it was coming either. And I'd really love to know the backstory behind it. And 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 I have to think it was intentional. Uh, normally, we will get an announcement on Fridays about what's going to happen the following week. In this case, it was just dropped like late at night or early Saturday. I'm not even sure when it came down, but it was basically a gift to the restaurant owners. This was the government responding. Finally, I mean, they were slow as shit on this, but they did the right thing. And they said restaurants capacity during the pandemic can be relative to their capacity, their actual capacity versus how many they can have in. So for those who don't know, if you're in the red zone, the indoor dining limit is not 10 people anymore. That arbitrary number was one of the dumbest things ever in this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it countless times on this podcast. I think most people agree that just kind of seemed not right. Something was wrong with that. That was not okay. It went from 10 people, though, to 50 percent, although no more than 50 people total mm-hmm. if you're in the red. If you're in the orange zone and and some uh, areas of Ontario just got moved there, Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, congratulations. Welcome to the orange. You guys have been doing great. They can have 50 percent capacity up to 100 inside. And I know. There's some people that are hearing this thinking, ah, fucking super spreaders and ah, the virus, it's not over and it's not over. And you know what? You're absolutely right. It's not over. But we needed this. Restaurant owners needed this. People needed this. This is a common sense thing that finally got done. And I'm happy about that. But I'd love to know more about it. Did Dr. David Williams sign off on this? 
Because I don't know that he did. And and Dr. David Williams was in the news this weekend because the new Sunshine list came out. You know that guy's making four hundred and forty four thousand dollars a year. Wow. Four hundred and forty four thousand dollars a year. Almost half a million dollars to tell other people they can't work. <laughs> well, when you say it that way. But it's true. That's all he's done for the last year is say, nope, 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 nope. The guy is Mr. Fucking No. He's almost as bad as Dr. Eileen Davila and that that guy in uh, Peel there, Dr. Lowe. Hang on a second, though. Was he making... So I know we're getting a little sidetracked because I do want to go back to this whole restaurant thing because there's something oh, else we I will. Say. Don't worry. We'll talk about it. Um, but when it comes to his pay, then, what was he making last year? Is this a raise increase because of COVID? Or is this just always this year, just we know who he is now, so that's why it's a highlight? Yeah, I don't know how much he made last year. I'm just thinking to myself... Okay, I get that we need chief medical officers of health, but if we've got one provincially, like Dr. David Williams, and then we've got some at the regional level as well, that's a lot of doctors that are not in hospitals or private practices. That's a lot of doctors that are getting paid a lot of money that don't have any of the expenses that a regular family doctor has that are basically being paid to shut shit down and go on TV to do interviews. Well, but in all fairness, though, so let's say he made 400 last year or in 2019, and he also made 400 in 2020. Wouldn't you say his work got a lot harder for him last year? Oh, sure. But you know what? I mean, how often do we have a pandemic? It's once in a lifetime, basically. Yeah. Yes, it is. And, and okay, what are the so odds he just... you're the fucking medical officer of health and boom, here you go. This is on your lap now. It just happened to fall on his watch. So, okay, whatever. I mean, if he's worth it, he's worth it. I guess it could have been a lot worse. And I don't really have a problem with Dr. Williams. At times, I thought he's been very smart and very pragmatic. I just think that he's been going way, way, way over the top for the last couple of months. And and even this morning on our FM radio show, I had a news story. Who's this fucker? Dr. Andrew Morris. <laughs> this fucker <laughs> oh, i'm sick and tired of these fucking people i really am yeah yeah he's an infectious disease expert dr andrew morris calls the decision to significantly increase restaurants indoor capacity baffling morris says the measure sends a false message to the public that the pandemic situation is improving mm -hmm. uh dr morris i don't know who the fuck you are but let me tell you something this is something that you have to take into consideration people people are the difference maker and i get that we aren't out of this pandemic yet and yes i understand that our numbers have been going up a little bit for the last few days but what you need to understand is that people weren't going to take it anymore they needed this is why they were smart to do this they had to do this for the public because and for the restaurant owners because if they didn't there would be no compliance whatsoever. Mm -hmm. you want to see people completely thumb their nose at covid and the restrictions keep them locked down there was going to be a fucking riot yep. if they had done that. Yep. So I'm glad they finally did the right thing. And sure enough, now there's a lot of people getting called back that are going to get their jobs back. Good. We know how to keep people safe. We know how to do it. The restaurants have had a year to get ready for this. Whether well, it's 10 people inside or 50 people how, inside, how, as long as they're distanced, we're good. It's so frustrating. To, what was so frustrating to me, I should say, past tense, was we had opened everything up. All the restaurants were doing all the right things and spending money on doing that, right? Whether yep. it's partitions and this and then the taping on the floor and making sure of this and obviously reduced capacity, taking a hit on that, doing all the right things. And then just to get shut down again there, that's not where COVID spread. It really, nothing has proven anything about COVID spreading at restaurants. And sure, of course, you're going to have your oddball restaurant or 
underground bar doing the wrong things. Absolutely. You can't paint them all with one brush, though, based on that. So it was always very frustrating to me that these people went out of their way. These business owners went out of their way to do all these things just to be told, no, 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 just in case. Well, excuse me, but you can have fucking 30 kids in a classroom like and and that's okay. Like, so I understood the frustration there. I I felt it, even though I'm I'm not a business owner. I felt that frustration and I didn't Mm -hmm. want and I don't want that to happen again to those who did get shut down. So it's either I I agree with you on, on what you said about People were in a rage and would have just go ahead, gone ahead and done it. Um, I spoke with people this weekend, one of which owns a, 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 a whatever. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But they basically <laughs> told me they're going to keep doing what they're doing if they try to shut down. Because there's all yep. this talk about variants shutting down. And they told me on the down low, I'm still going to do what I do. Um, so if you need anything, let me know. And I thought, how many people have you told that to? A, just out of curiosity. And B, how many people were respons- responding with, great, I'm in. She goes, 100% of people said, I don't give a F what they say. I'm in. I'm doing it under the table. So I think you're right in that people are at that level of frustration where they're starting to, they never thought a year ago they'd be that person, but they're starting to get really upset with these choices made on our behalves for what reasons, right? And we're starting to learn more too. And everyone's learning as we go. But we know enough, I think, now, the people who are reasonable and responsible that still wear our masks, that still social distance, that do all the right things, business owners, customers, whatever, if we're doing the right things, we should be able to keep doing what we're doing. You can't cage people in again. It's not going to work. So do this because it's fair. As long as, And, and go ahead and send your bylaw officers out. Absolutely. Because if there are people doing the wrong things, ding them. Absolutely. As far as I know, the restaurants thus far have done everything right, most of them, and and they probably will continue to under these. So I'm with you. Screw David, Dr. Fuck, whatever his name is. <laughs> I don't know the guy. And for all I know, he's an exceptional doctor and, and brilliant. I, I have no idea. I do know, though, that these public health people that come out here and scream at the top of their lungs, it's not safe, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have any proof. Then just worry about doing your thing and the province will worry about doing their thing and people will do their thing. I and I hate the term. I actually hate the term because I've heard it used against me before doing what I do. But at Mm -hmm. this point, I think there's a lot of fear mongering happening on that side, too. Yep. I think that there's a lot of fear mongering, especially when it comes to these variants and what could happen. I just read something this morning and I breezed past it and I do not remember what the source was or where it came from. But somebody saying, oh, uh, they expect I expect that everything will be shut down come uh, June now is what they're saying. Like, okay, oh, so shut who, up. Yeah, like, who are <laughs> these people? What, like, come on. Uh, anyway, just enjoy yourselves, guys. Do it responsibly. And then we'll just trek through this slowly as vaccines get in arms. And that was the other thing I saw was, oh, well, the vaccines aren't proven against the variants, right? And uh, to be against all of the variants yet. Yeah, we're still early in a lot of these stages, but let's enjoy what we can when we can. And I'm so glad that these restrictions have, have lifted a little bit, especially for the restaurant owners. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, speaking of sick of it, because there is another side to that. We did talk about how people are sick of it. They're not doing it anymore. I understand the other side of the story. There's a lot of ER doctors and nurses and hospital staff that are also sick of seeing people wheeled in on a ventilator. They're they're sick and tired of that, too. And I understand that. But again, like we said all last week, it comes down to government and it comes down to vaccines. People are checked out and I don't blame them. It's been long enough. We've had a lot of time to get these vaccines. Government needs to get shots in arms. I mean, they vaccinated six million people on Saturday in America. Six million. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not a fair comparison. I don't know. 
either way, we need to get our stuff going. And there's a lot of vaccines coming. Was it two million this week? Good. The more the merrier. Start throwing them out like fucking darts. Get everybody together and just get those shots in arms and we will be back to normal in no time. Let's move on to a couple other things here. It is a survey from the maker of Lifestyles Skin Condoms that found the top ways adventurous couples want to amp things up in the bedroom. Okay. It's pretty vanilla. Like before I give you the results, some of these things are pretty tame. And it's not like I consider myself fairly advanced, but I'm thinking about this shit and I'm like, who did they ask? Like teenagers? The number one thing that people say they want to do to spice things up in the bedroom is incorporate massage oils. Okay, but maybe there's people who haven't experienced it and that is a new, that is a new and it can be exciting and uh, okay, that's, that's all right. Well, you got to start somewhere though, Scott. I mean, if you don't do anything... You got to start somewhere. You don't just right away out of nowhere go, hey, let's invite a fucking horse into the bedroom. Like, whoa, we skipped like 59 steps and you should never do that anyway. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't go that extreme. Number two, they want to make some lingerie part of the action. Really? Lingerie? Really? I don't know. That just seems fairly. Don't people do that anyway, though? That's what I thought. People don't do that? I don't know. I mean, personally, I'm not a lingerie fan. I find it to be a very uh, restrictive. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain to get off, too, without ripping it or breaking it. I, I would just much rather naked, but whatever. I mean, if lingerie is your thing, then lingerie is your thing. But yeah, 23% say they want to spice things up with some lingerie. Number three, include edibles during sex. And I don't mean the fun kind that'll get you nice and high. I mean, like, edible underwear and shit like that. I do people really what are those what are those like like I would love and someone listening here has done this before you know the like the candy necklaces that they okay, ha- that yes. you had when you were a kid they they make those but panty versions and I've seen them before and I just always think a I don't really it's a lot wanna, of sugar I don't really want it's like, <laughs> absolutely great one point lots of sugar it's not Two, keto at all like if you're gonna nibble on that like I'm kind of afraid you might nibble on me. So, and and in a bad way. I mean, in a bad way. Like, ow, fuck. Like, you know, like. Getting whoops. a bite down there would yeah. suck. Whoops, sorry. I missed the candy and slipped and my teeth fell into your vagina. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I feel like they could just go so wrong. Or like. Where pull, does the. Go ahead. Yeah, you, or you pull it the wrong way. You try to get them off and it just like, because it happens with candy necklaces too, for example. And you just. And then they all go fucking flying like into the air, all of the candy beads. Like it's all, none of it sounds really good to me. I don't know. I've never, I've never done that, and I, I'm not interested. Where does the candy end and the vagina begin? I don't know. <laughs> I was going down on Willy Wonka. Let me tell you. And then, do they have those for men? Like, can men wear those things? I'm or? sure they do. Yeah. I mean, if they've got them for for women, I've only seen the the female ones, but I'm sure if you could find one online. The the edible panties, so to speak, are kind of like a fruit roll up and they're terrible. Like, I don't know why anyone would eat that. <laughs> Have you tasted one before? I've tasted a fruit roll up before and it seems like the same texture. And to be honest, it's not very good. Okay. Like, yeah. hey, that's great that I ate your underwear. Oh, yeah. But well, I mean, come on. It's not like Betty Crocker isn't making these fucking underwears. They're, who knows where they're coming from? They're busting them out at some factory in Indonesia. Like, God knows what they're even made of. 
Like, if you want to incorporate edibles into sex, can we at least make the food a little more edible? Like, what's wrong with, like, a nice steak or or, or uh, shepherd's pie panties or something like that? Why does it have to be, like, fucking candy and stuff? I don't, I don't know. If I make a stupid. recommendation, I would go, like, if you want to do something with eating, just do, like, a fondue thing. Because that can be sexy, right? Sure. Dip chocolate. Or just take a sandwich with you to bed. Eat before you go to bed. <laughs> Just eat a sandwich off her ass. It's a, it's, it's totally sexy. Everybody loves it. <laughs> Grilled cheese today. Fucking right. <laughs> Just going to put the ketchup right here. <laughs> Give her a dip. <laughs> sexy. <laughs> Honey, I need you to hold still. I'm going to use you as a coffee table for about 20 minutes or so. Then I'm ready to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> where do i set my drink though <laughs> fuck uh use not- me like a tv stand baby <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah i'm gonna prop my phone up on your neck and balance it against your head so i can watch the jays game for a little bit hang on <laughs> we're gonna have what i like to call furniture sex <laughs> One in five say they'd like to incorporate some role play between the sheets. Sure. It's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. No. I I feel like, okay, so I've seen these. Okay, so when I see it in movies, it looks like it could be sexy, right? So, like, you're out with your partner. I'll just give you, like, a scenario. You're out with your partner. You're at a bar. Um, Four Christmases is a good example. Don't know how many people have seen that movie, but Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. So right at the beginning, it, they're setting it up like they'd never met before, but really they're husband and wife and they're role playing at a bar. And she's a she's like some bitch that like isn't interested in talking and he's just trying his very best and he's kind of a nerd. And that was their role play. And so you see things like that and you think like that may be sexy. But then when you actually like go to try to do something like that, you just feel like a fucking idiot. You totally feel like an idiot. Listen, if you're going to do role play, both of you have got to be fully into it i mean committed to the role you should rehearse a little bit first otherwise you're gonna screw the whole thing up yes like if you're supposed to be a cowboy like look you know watch a couple western flicks like Mm -hmm. like go all later don't bother because you can't like half-ass it and be like hey there little lady and oh is it okay if i do this or oh wait wait what time did the kids go to bed again whoa did you set the (laughs) alarm like no like focus you got to be able to focus and play the role i feel like to go all the way through I, i'm not focused enough for that yeah <laughs> i, I mean a real cowboy doesn't give a shit if the kids are are <laughs> have to get up early tomorrow morning because it's crazy hair day at school <laughs> fuck yeah like you're halfway through fucking you're like oh shit did you put the bobby pins out on the uh, table so it's easy okay good okay sorry keep going let's keep going come on come on <laughs> seriously if you're gonna role play you've got to fully commit otherwise it's just like a shitty play like if you're really into being the cop but they're not really into being the robber it's just dumb you've both got to be there yeah. present yeah. and doing it or you'll <laughs> screw the whole thing up i am a little disappointed though that those are the four m- wildest things that people are excited to try to spice things up in the bedroom like don't you guys watch any fucking porn there's so many different things you can do and all you came up with was massage oils again i mean i think it's a baby steps thing right there's there's some steps before you get to the the freaky phase and sometimes you don't want to go into the freaky phase too quickly because it could scare you like you know massage oils is one thing but like oh fucking scrub me with a scrub brush brush and slap me in the dick like it's that's (laughs) 
That's extreme. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Baby steps. You know? I guess. It just seems like there's a lot of people that haven't hit step one yet, let alone however many it goes. Step 10, for example. Uh, all right. Get those massage oils out, everybody. The warm weather is here. The warm weather is here. Uh, <laughs> I do find this really nice. There is uh, a dog that was in a shelter in L.A. They added it up. The dog was there for 667 days and it just got adopted. What? That is at, at what point are you still in a shelter? You know, yeah. like, I'm sure that. No, staff, you live there, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing is like you're no longer in a shelter. I feel like that staff probably feels like part like owners of that animal at that point. Three years and 10 months later, Melvin, the dog, has finally left the Los Angeles SPCA building. He is now going to be living with a new family. He has been there for over three years. Wow. He's a pit bull. Okay. So I, I was going to say, like, give me more info about the dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and there's a lot of people afraid to own a pit bull. Sure. Um, perhaps absolutely a backstory to this dog, too, where they... Because some dogs, you, you can't just put them in, in, in any home, right? And I'm so glad that there's a lot of humane societies that are that do the due diligence of like, nope, you've got kids, not appropriate. Sorry. Like, got to move on to someone else. And, and so no kids have to be involved. No other animals. Um, preferred, you know, to live alone or with someone to live alone. And if you're that specific, that's good, I think. Because that means that you really do care about the dog and what sh- the dog should be around and shouldn't be around. Sure. Uh, Hey, listen, that dog is probably going to be an exceptional pet for someone who's prepared to take care of that pet. And like you said, it's got to be the perfect set of circumstances, but they finally found somebody after three years. That dog has got to be not knowing what the hell's imagine that it it was like being in jail. Imagine being in jail for three years and then all of a sudden you get this freedom. I mean, it's life changing. I'm really happy for that dog and for the staff at the SPCA that not only funded taking care of him for three years, but actually mm-hmm. did the work to take care of him and kept trying to find him a forever home. And I, I love that. And, and the people who work in those humane societies, thank you for doing what you do. There's there's a lot of humane societies out there or shelters. I shouldn't even call them humane societies because there's these like low key shelters that basically if it takes too long, they'll just their answer is euthanize, euthanize, yep. euthanize. Right. And they kill dogs like crazy. So I, I have a lot of, uh, I'm very grateful to those who are the no-kill shelters or the ones who will work with the dogs as best as possible. And if they believe there's a home out there, they will continue to try to support that. So that's that's good. That's a great news story. I think the general perception is there's a lot of people out there that believe they get a lot of government funding to look after those pets. They don't. I mean, that's why they're forever fundraising is because they need money to feed them and keep the lights on at a lot of those places. So the hard work has finally paid off. They found a home. Ace Ventura 3, you mentioned this morning, is a good possibility. A step closer. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. This is the, this is the interesting part here. It is going to happen. A third movie is official. Morgan Creek, that's the company behind, behind the first two movies, revealed it is working on a new movie in the franchise. Where the questions lie is there's nothing about Jim Carrey in this. And it doesn't mean that he's not in it. It could he could still be at the end of negotiations, etc. But there's the good news if you uh, who because who doesn't want Jim Carrey to be in it? It's not he's not Ace Ventura if Jim Carrey's not in it. It's just garbage is what it is. It has to be Jim or nothing. Um, but we also what we did learn about it was the people writing the new movie are the same people who wrote 
Sonic the Hedgehog. And who was oh, in that fuck. movie? Jim. <laughs> Jim Carrey. So it, it, all signs are pointing to, yes, he will be in it. It's all but them announcing it. So I think this is a lead up to an announcement of Jim uh, being back in character. Because, again, you can't do Ace Ventura. Who's it going to star? Like the fucking guy from Twilight that you never see anymore? Is it Jacob from Twilight going to be the new Ace Ventura? <laughs> Nobody wants to watch that. We want to see Jim Carrey. So they know that. And I'm sure that announcement will will come shortly after this one just did. Kellogg's says for the first time since 2009, they are bringing back their cereal straws, edible straws that make your milk taste like different cereals. So in October, they're bringing back Fruit Loops and Cocoa Krispies straws. Hey, Toucan Sam, how would you make milk more fun? Why, with Fruit Loops cereal straws, of Jonas? Just dip them in and sip, sip, sip. And pull them out and munch, munch, munch. All together now. You know, if you need a straw to make the milk taste like cereal, I think you don't like milk. I think you should just accept the fact that you're not a milk drinker and move on because that seems kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah, that's I mean, it's not something I would have been into. You know, it's like, oh, I really like coffee, but I need to put a lot of uh, uh, sugar, cream, sweetener, milk and everything else in it. Then you don't like coffee. Oh, I love tea with five sugars. Yeah. Two milks, like throw a flavor bomb in there. Like, no, then you don't like tea. That's the thing, right? Fuck. Uh, well, then again, you could make the same argument with ketchup. There's a lot of people who put ketchup on like their eggs, for example. And the theory is that if you have to put a lot of ketchup on your eggs, that means you don't really like eggs. You probably don't like them. Right. Can you not like eggs with ketchup? Because I feel like I like eggs. I can eat them plain. I just prefer it with ketchup. In this particular case, the straws thing is stupid. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) and so are you if you want it. When you said that, did you ever talk in the podcast about your brother? My brother? Just specifically about the the strawberry milk. He's such an idiot. Okay, this is is great. And if we did talk about it in the podcast, it was well over. It was like a year and a half ago, if we even did. But you're, okay. In short, and I'll let Scott tell the story. But in short, Scott's brother was over at Scott's house. For a couple of days, right? He was watching your house for you, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, you were Yeah, away. I was in the States, yeah. Scott comes he- home, finds cartons of strawberry milk at your yeah. house. Yeah. So I was only gone for, I think, three or four days. I, I was over in the UK. That's what it was. I had to go over to Scotland. Right. It was a, a lacrosse thing. And then I flew back and I was fucking jet lagged and tired. And I had to get up in the morning. But I cleared some stuff off my counter. Threw it in the recycling bin. What do I see? Two empty strawberry milk cartons. Who the fuck drinks two full cartons and, of strawberry and, and milk listen, in one weekend? Listen, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, oh, is your brother seven? No, his brother's not seven. He's 40. What adult drinks two cartons of strawberry milk in four days? So the question is, does he even like milk? I mean, I don't, I don't think he likes milk. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> so great. We ended up we ended up drunk at one point, razzing him about that when he was kind enough to drive us home from a, an event when we were hammered, and all we did on the way was make fun of him for drinking strawberry. Milk. Yeah, he's a team player <laughs> like Jeff. that. Poor What's Jeff. up, Jeffrey? How are you? He's great. <laughs> yeah, this pandemic's been great for him. He hasn't had to drive us around anywhere. Yeah. 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 Good. 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 He's probably saving lots on gas. <laughs> uh, according to a new survey, seventy-two percent of women. 
and 84% of men say they've had beer goggle sex. Oh, wow. That's quite the, that's quite the difference between men and women. Uh, yeah. Oh, 70% of women, 84% of men. So I think guys are a little more okay with beer goggles. And for those who don't know, I think everybody does, but just in case beer goggles means you were so drunk that you banged somebody that wasn't particularly attractive. The beer goggles, they made that other person look more attractive or in your head, you could reason it out like, well, I usually like uh, eights or nines. That's kind of like a five or six, but fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. There's that and, and whiskey glasses is, a, is another like similar one to that too. Exactly. One in three women, one in four men say they regretted the decision the next morning. That's the part of the statistic. That kind of concerns me. 72% of women have banged some guy that they wouldn't have if they were sober. And only one in three regret it. One in four guys regretted it. You know what this means? We've got a completely unrealistic expectation of what our standards are. If you didn't regret it, then that's your type. Right. 72% of women have banged a guy when they were drunk. That means three quarters of you should probably just readjust your standards in general. Yeah. That that five that you banged, you like it. If three out of four didn't regret it. Listen, y'all are in need of a therapy session if that's if if the if this is accurate to what really happened. Because I think that that is the case. A lot of people will dismiss people for whatever reasons, physical or otherwise, right? Maybe they have a I don't know, whatever. A wonky walk or something like that. I don't fucking know. But you'll dismiss (laughs) them. You won't fuck them sober. But then all of a sudden you get a little booze into your system and you go, yeah, you know what? I'll do that. There's always a little piece of, of that person, I think, inside of them that does want to do it. And and the alcohol just kind of brings it out. But they wouldn't be willing to do it or say it, you know, sober. And this is obviously kind of evidence of that, isn't it? When you put the beer goggles on, are you really lowering your standards or are you just being more accepting of what your type is? Yeah. Are you being more accepting of everyone, of people? Could be that too. Well, I mean, you People become so friendly, right? I mean, bars, you know, pre-COVID, blah, blah. But at bars, right? You're having some drinks. You're having a good time. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. All, the, all of a sudden, I have no problem talking to this table next to me. And, and you're do, introducing myself. And we talk about our life stories, basically, in a bathroom. And it, 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 the girls all know, right? Hey, nice outfit, blah, blah. If I'm sober, I'm not that friendly. So it obviously brings out something in us that maybe we should be more willing to do and be honest with ourselves. We'd like to have a conversation with that person. We'd like to say hello to that table next to us. We'd like to fuck that person. Like, whatever, <laughs> it might be. whatever it might be. If you've never experienced beer goggles or whiskey glasses, then perhaps you should head to the LCBO now open on Mondays again. And the Rocks Tequila is now available. Yeah, I love this. Uh, LCBO was liking our tweets about this this morning, and we were liking the fact that finally um, the Rocks Tequila, Terramana, if you follow him, I mean, he does this thing every single week, and it always bothered Canadians because he does Terramana Tuesdays. Every single Tuesday, he will repost people doing different recipes or just having a shot with their friends. Basically, if you if you do a video and you tag him, there's a chance, not everybody will get there, but there's a chance he will post on his Instagram. And he's one of the most followed people there is. Mm-hmm. And Canadians will all put in the comments, I know because I read them every week, 
What about Canada? When can we get this in Canada? Bring it to Canada. And so he posted this really nice video just yesterday, just on Sunday, of uh, it was the national anthem for Canada. Oh, Canada, guess what? It's now at the LCBO and already rated like five stars on the website, by the way. Uh, but it is in Ontario. If you're listening from outside Ontario, but still in Canada, don't worry. You are going to get yours. It's going to be a slow rollout throughout the summer. And by the end of the summer, summer, it will be in every, I think pretty much every province uh, is going to get it. It's amazing how much money celebrities make off of these booze brands. Yeah, It's amazing how many people, maybe they're not even a tequila drinker, but they're a rock fan, would hear this and go out and buy that bottle of tequila. Yeah. It's a conversation piece when people come over. It's a drink that you can offer to people. Sometimes it just gets really trendy. I don't even like gin, but I would get some of that aviation gin from Ryan Reynolds. I would just to say I've got it. Wow. It sells a lot of booze. Yes, it does. Yep. Celebrity endorsement is everything. And and sometimes celebrities just in, just straight up endorse the product. Sometimes they own a good chunk of it. And sometimes they truly were a part of the creation of the product. But no matter what stage you're at, you're still, it's still such a benefit to have a celebrity on board. If you want to uh, see that uh, tequila brand, it's up at scottandcat.ca couple other things. The Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee says they're going to ban spectators from abroad from attending the summer games to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, I don't want to go anyway. According to Olympic officials. I yeah, want to go anyway. Seriously, why are we doing the fucking Olympics? I know, why? I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that come summertime, things will be a lot more back to normal, but not fully back to normal. It seems kind of weird that they're allowing any spectators at the Olympics if we even need to do it. Do we need to do it? No, we don't need to do it. Uh, but there's obviously, I don't know, I, it depends on who you ask, right? There's there's a people who have been working so hard and they'll train and work hard four years out, right? Knowing that the Olympics are coming. And so they really want it. They really want it bad because there are some people who this is going to be their last year doing it. So let's get to it, right? You wonder how many people are are kind of losing their skill because this, these competitions have been halted, too. I mean, I'm curious about the outcome of it, but no, we don't need it to answer your question. Of course not. But they're going to go ahead with it. Money is also involved here. Let's be honest. Did you see the president of the United States fall? Not oh. once, not twice, oh. three times Joseph. trying to go up the stairs on Air Force One on the weekend. Man, he is so fragile. Like, I feel like. If Joe was my grandfather, I would be so nervous about some of the stuff he has to do. And even like those stairs, by the way, people have tripped on those stairs for for, for a long time, sure. right? And he's just so fragile, man. He could have gotten really, he could have got hurt. But I thought it was really cool that at the end of all of that, he still stopped and he turned around and he did his thing, you know? Sure. I mean, that must have been embarrassing. He knew that all those cameras were on him and he fell. Like, oh, uh, get back up, Joe. Fuck, I fell again. Come on, Joe. Get back up again. Boom, boom, boom. Like, fuck. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but one of the Instagram accounts that I follow <laughs> put up like a Mario Kart race and was throwing bananas on the stairs as he was falling. <laughs> it, Throw out it was a shell. fucking gold. Throw out a shell. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Listen, I completely underestimated Joe Biden as a president. He's done a pretty good job with the vaccine rollout. I completely overestimated his ability to walk from A to B without falling. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, could nobody fucking help the guy? Yeah. He's an, what is, I think he's 68, 67 or 68 years old. 
He's getting up there, but he's on the real old end of that. You can see a real young 70-year-old, or you can see a real old 70-year-old. And and Joe's looking a little old, though. But he's doing the right thing when it comes to this vaccine rollout. He's I mean, 78. Oh, he's 78. Yeah, so he's, he's a real 78. old 78. Then. Yeah, like he's, he, again, like he just, he's fragile, man. When I look at him, I see fragility. <laughs> Keep him safe. Bubble wrap him. Like, just send Kamala out to do the shit, Joe. All you have to do is sit at the desk in the Oval Office and wave. It's all you got to do. Hey, Mr. President, we want to take your picture. All right, fine. Take my picture. Great. That's it. Let Kamala go out and do the Air Force One run up the stairs shit. You don't need to do that, dude. You're 78. Kamala, by the way, I could feel like she, she would just sprint that. No problem. And she'd have she'd be flawless all the way through. Actually, she'd probably do it at a full blown sprint backwards and yeah. hop up every yeah. three stairs i yeah. mean that is a fit woman she's yeah. uh i don't think we need to worry about her nope. uh finally and this is just so discouraging to so many a 17 year old girl from montana who studied business admin at the california intercontinental university has become the youngest american in history to earn a doctorate kimberly strable 17 presented her dissertation virtually and was awarded a doctorate in business administration with an emphasis in global leadership. How do you get a doctorate at 17 in business admin? That's impressive. What could she possibly have done at 17 for them to say, you deserve the title doctor? I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm dying to know as well. I would love to know that. I, I always think those those kind of stories, I, I always think are very, very cool, especially when we're talking about young people, right? Like, and if she wants to be in politics or something, maybe there's something about her that wows people. Obviously, there is. If she's at the stage she's at. So that's good. And we need people like that to be in charge and to take leadership. So, I mean, again, I don't know much about her specifically, but that's good. That's great. I heard she walked up an entire flight of stairs in one try. <laughs> Did not trip one time. (laughs) Guys, thank you for listening to After 9. That's about everything that's going on for today. But here's hoping for more good news. Enjoy that sunshine. Be careful out there. And we'll catch you right back here tomorrow morning with another edition of After 9. Facebook is building a version of Instagram designed for kids under the age of 13. The social media giant said the kid-friendly version is intended to allow children to use the platform safely. It'll be worth it just to see a bunch of artsy photos of your kids' Lunchables. (laughs) Forget this, uh, the CDC just announced that kids at school actually only need three feet of distance between each other. When the teacher said, okay, class, how many inches are in three feet? The kids were like, we don't know, we just had Zoom school for a whole year. We have a surge of migrants at the border, and the authorities say we cannot take any more unskilled foreigners who don't even seem like they want to work. We already have Meghan and Harry. That, that's... Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.